This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Wednesday, September 7th. I'm Matt Hoish. In today's headlines, Montrose County sees first homicide in two years. San Miguel County begins distributing new COVID-19 boosters. Telluride youth take a snapshot of their community and a mountain weather forecast. The Montrose County Sheriff's Office has arrested a man suspected of second-degree murder. The victim was identified by the Montrose County coroner as Jonas Najar Jr., a 41-year-old from Olathe. First responders were dispatched Monday morning east of Montrose after a call reported an individual with a gunshot wound. When they arrived, Mr. Najar had died. Deputies arrested 64-year-old Mark Miller of Montrose for second-degree murder. He is being held in the Montrose County Jail on a $75,000 bond. According to Katie Jurgensen, Montrose County Communications Director, this is the first homicide in the county in about two years. The cause and manner of Mr. Najar's death are under investigation by the coroner's office. The incident is under investigation by the Montrose County Sheriff's Office, and the Colorado Bureau of Investigation. The Montrose County Sheriff's Office asks anyone with additional information to contact them at 970-252-4023. New COVID-19 booster vaccines are available. The federal government recently approved new shots from Pfizer and Moderna, that combat the original COVID strain, as well as newer Omicron subvariants. And so that really gives a more robust um, protection um, and immune response to what's dominant right now in the United States and globally. That's San Miguel County Public Health Director Grace Franklin updating the Board of County Commissioners this week. The new boosters are available to anyone who received their last dose over two months ago. Though, Franklin adds, specific recommended timelines can vary from person to person. The new Moderna booster is available to anyone 18 and up and has already started being administered in the county. The new Pfizer booster is available to anyone 12 and up, but has not yet made it to San Miguel County. Franklin says shipment is pending for mid-September. So as soon as we receive those, we'll wrap them into our existing clinics make that available. Um, But until that point, we are no longer authorized to give booster vaccines to anybody 12 to 17 because um, the vaccine that's approved for that is uh, not um, available at this time. The new boosters come amid falling COVID case numbers. Officially, cases in the county have been hovering around two to five over the last few weeks. Though Franklin adds, that's probably an undercount when judged against COVID data from wastewater testing and anecdotal information. As we've been talking about over the last few months, at-home rapid testing has become more available. Um, Reporting for a positive test has minimized overall. Still, cases, hospitalizations, and deaths are all trending downward across Colorado. But Franklin also acknowledges last year saw a similar decline around September and October, then an uptick in mid-November. This was before Omicron, um, uh, the mutation of Omicron hit, um, but there were some other factors like waning immunity. Um, This was before boosters were widely available. Um, People moving indoors more and traveling all kind of played a key into this higher level of moderate uptick in November. So it looks like as a whole, the pattern will continue to be a downward trend as long as nothing changes 
with the variants um, and different strains of the virus. Franklin also updated the BOCC this week on monkeypox. She says the Colorado case count is about 250. Of those, nine were, have been hospitalized, and, and there has been zero deaths in the state of Colorado due to monkeypox. Cases, she says, continue to come in steadily, and the highest risk is still among men in the Denver metro area who have reported sexual contact with other men in the last two weeks. San Miguel County was recently approved to administer the monkeypox vaccine, and the state, Franklin says, has enough that they can send some to the county. The county hopes to launch those in October. But before then, they hope to collaborate with the state vaccine bus that has been bringing COVID vaccines to get monkeypox vaccines out for an upcoming local clinic on September 22nd. It's just great to see a little bit more flexibility and a little bit more access available for this vaccine. But Franklin notes there are some considerations when it comes to getting both a monkeypox vaccine and COVID booster. The CDC is recommending anybody who receives a um, monkeypox vaccine to wait at least four weeks before getting a COVID-19 booster, um, just so your body can have the best immune response for both vaccines. Um, However, if someone just received a COVID vaccine um, and has been exposed to monkeypox, they should not delay receiving that vaccine in order to prevent that illness. More information on local vaccine options is available at bit.ly slash SMC vaccine. At Telluride's September Art Walk, photographs capturing different views of town transformed the Telluride Foundation offices into a pop-up gallery. Combining an art project with civic engagement, the photos express how youth are feeling about their hometown. KOTO's Gavin McGough has more. This summer, Telluride high schooler Porter Zafier has been thinking about what he wants to see in his community. He captured his feelings about the town of Telluride, its strengths, and its challenges in a series of three photographs for a project called PhotoVision. Zafier's first photograph is a view of the ski hill in summertime. So what I like about Telluride is I said I love the nature. And then something I think we need to improve, I said, like, more parking spaces because we have a lot of tourists here. It's hard for, like, the locals to get to their job on time. Then my last one is I had a picture of a gondola, and I said that it's for my future because I want to see it more in my future since it's free. The PhotoVision program was a joint effort of San Miguel County Youth Services and Telluride Communities That Care. Wendy Clark, who directs youth services for the county, explains that the teenagers used photographs to capture their hopes for the town of Telluride. Using photography, they show things that they are enjoying about the community that gives them strength and things that create struggles for them or things that aren't so great in their community as well as what they want to see in the future. Clark says that participants in the project came from across the community. So Juvenile Services works with many different families and kids in the community. So they're not necessarily only kids that have been in trouble or not. They're just kids that we provide services to. Mm -hmm. And then um, our Communities That Care Kids have been working with Tammy. And so we kind of combined the group and decided it would be a fun project to work on over the summer together. 
Tammy Reagan of Telluride Communities That Care says that the PhotoVision project was a good way to fill a gap in youth programming over the summer. We noticed that during the summer there aren't as many programs for youth and so um, we started this in early July and started having meetings, um, bringing in phot local photographers to teach kids and um, local um, artists to teach about their craft to help um, the students kind of focus their, their work and get, gain ideas on what they should take photos of. The photos went on display for the September Art Walk. Families, the public, and leaders from local government all came to see the work. Taking in all the photos, Reagan reflects on what is special about the PhotoVision project. This is just about their voice and nothing else. There's no like motive or like um, background like noise. It's all just about them and what they are wanting to share with the world. One of the photographers, Magnus Carlson, took his first photograph of a dumpster in a litter-strewn alley. His other photo captures Bear Creek and the golden colors of evening light. Similar to other youth in the project, Carlson says he values the outdoors. And I'm saying I think we need more trash bins around town and maybe like a pickup crew or like a volunteering crew. Um, and my last photo is of the river here in Town Park, the Bear Creek River. It kind of represents just my future because I really like hikes and I just feel like I really want to be in a place where I can have really good hikes and see great scenery. Tammy Reagan says she hopes that the PhotoVision project will repeat in the future and continue to have an impact. Yeah, I hope more kids decide to do it and I hope it becomes even bigger and we hear even more voices from our youth in Telluride and um, you know, I just hope that furthermore, like the adults in Telluride come out and really pay attention to our youth and pay attention to what they're saying. Reagan even suggested a photo vision for adults as a way to continually reflect on the challenges and hopes of this community. The photos from this summer's project are now on display at the high school. Sometimes, when covering the news, we miss the people who maybe aren't doing anything dramatic or new, but deserve a little recognition for being one of the many community members who hold our region together. So, Kodo News is running a new series, Pay It Forward. Each segment will talk with someone in the community about their life and Telluride journey, and then ask them to nominate someone to shine a spotlight on for the next segment. Last week, we spoke with Christina Dixon. Her choice for our next guest is actually two people, Connor and Deanna Kraft, who, among other things, run a newly opened coffee shop based out of Alpine Chapel called The Well. They are so kind. They are, they are kind. They are friendly. They are nice. And always they are listening to you. Our conversation with the crafts began with how they met. I was working at this school in Colorado Springs, and it's like an adventure school, so we do a lot of backpacking and camping. And she came in as a student from Mexico, and I was just in love, like, immediately. And uh, so we, we spent a whole year together traveling. And after that, I ended up following her out to Mexico for, like, the whole summer and getting to know her. And uh, we just kind of started dating and got married a year later. <laughs> yeah. Getting to know him and like his 
personality and everything. I feel like he really was like what I was looking for in a guy. I don't well, know. I feel like okay. there was a lot at of little first, moments. At first, I was like head over heels in love with this girl. <laughs> I was like, she's incredible. And I remember the very first time I took her out to coffee and I finally just like confessed my undying love. I'm like, I, I just think you're amazing. Her response was, thanks. <laughs> that was it. That was all she said was thank you. And she didn't like return the feelings, anything like that. It was just thanks. Well, I think for me, it was like, oh, that's great. You feel like that. I don't know. <laughs> but then after talking to my dad and my dad getting to know him and then getting my dad's perspective, I guess, um, then for me, it was a lot more like, okay, I can say yes to this guy because my dad like likes him. And can you tell me about your life together then before coming to Telluride? We've been married for six years now, and we have two kids and another one on the way. Congrats. Thanks. Um, you know, I've always been really passionate about working with teenagers, and that's still what I do. I work with middle schoolers and high schoolers. And so in Colorado Springs, that's what we did. We were youth pastors at a church and then had an opportunity with Young Life um, out here, which is an organization, a nonprofit that works with middle schoolers and does like after school clubs and just tries to create really fun spaces for kids to come and find belonging. And can you both talk a bit about The Well, this coffee shop you run? Yeah, I think um, I would say like we're really passionate about community and just relationships. Yeah. And I feel like having a coffee shop and being there, that is a space for relationships to happen and for real community to happen. And I feel like especially after COVID, we've seen a lot of that being lost. Like I feel like everything is just like surfacey level kind of thing. But just Connor and I and really the Alpine Chapel team, like we're passionate about like, no, like what is really going on? It's a very unique coffee shop. The congregation of the Alpine Chapel really funds the entire coffee shop so that we can actually give away coffee for free. People often come in and they're very surprised, like, why the heck is this free? But it's just something we were passionate about. There's nothing really like this in Telluride and a space for kids to be able to come and do homework after school and uh, just hang out and find solid friendships without having to drop, you know, eight bucks on a latte or something. How do you both feel like you've changed after being in this place for three years now? There's a bit of a slower paced lifestyle up here that I think we've really fallen in love with. I mean, in living here in Telluride, I feel like there's, you look at the mountains and feel like there's that invitation of like, spend time in nature, you know, like slow down. Where do you find God in Telluride? Hmm. One that happens every single day um, is I walk out my front doors and I see these incredible mountains and I can't help but be drawn to the creator of those mountains. The other way I feel like I often experience God here in Telluride is through people. Um, there are just so many kind-hearted, very loving people here in Telluride. Um, and then the last way would just be through our, our church community. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Like, I feel like that is a huge part uh, of how I see God. I experience God here in Telluride is um, nature. I feel like, I mean, I'm a short person <laughs> anyways, but I, I feel like I look at the stars and at the sky and I just even feel just so tiny, you know, like, wow, there is, you know, someone greater uh, than me and bigger that is literally holding the stars in space. It just reminds me of like, well, this is not a, you know, I'm not a mistake. This is not a mistake. There's so much intentionality, I feel like. And um, that's how I feel like God is with me. He's like intentional. Like I see 
the mountains and everything and the you know waterfalls or whatever. And it's just like there's so much intentionality in this. That was Diana and Connor Kraft. Tune in next week for another installment of our Pay It Forward series to hear from their nomination for someone they think deserves a little recognition. The crowds are gone and the celebrities have packed up, but the movies aren't quite done. You can catch several of the films that screened at the 49th Annual Telluride Film Festival all this week at the Nugget Theater. Wednesday, watch Retrograde at 6 p.m. and Women Talking at 8 p.m. Thursday, catch Close at 6 p.m. and Broker at 8.15 p.m. Friday, Senior Plays at 6 p.m. and Living at 8 p.m. Saturday, see Holy Spider at 6 p.m. and Armageddon Time at 8.30 p.m. And Sunday, September 11th, it's Empire of Light at 6 p.m. and Godland at 8.30 p.m. More information on After the Telluride Film Festival programming is available at nuggettheater.com. Two things in life, as the saying goes, are inevitable. Death and taxes. This Monday, head to the Wilkinson Public Library for a bit of help on the former at the library's Death Details event. Experts will offer guidance on a range of issues surrounding the unavoidable passage we'll all make one day. Some of the areas covered will include medical powers of attorney, home hospice options, living wills and wills, the Colorado End-of-Life Options Act and DNRs, and acceptable burial practices in San Miguel County. There will also be time at the end for a Q&A with all the experts. The Death Details event will be Monday, September 12th from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. at the Wilkinson Public Library. Candidates for various Colorado elected offices will be in Grand Junction this weekend for debates and speeches. That includes incumbent Republican U.S. Congresswoman Lauren Boebert and Democrat and former Aspen City Councilor Adam Frisch. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, Aspen Public Radio's Caroline Giannis has more on the race for Colorado's third congressional district. Lauren Boebert drew national attention earlier this summer when she spoke at Cornerstone Church in Basalt and criticized the separation of church and state. Former Aspen City Councilor Adam Frisch says he's been trying to focus his campaign on issues important to voters, like water, health care, and inflation. He says his experience working on affordable housing in Aspen has resonated with folks across the district, that affordable housing is not just a problem for wealthy resort communities. And so when I'm talking to city council members across the district, the conversation of affordable housing comes up a lot. I think they appreciate that I have some sincere knowledge and interest in something that's become very, very important. Frisch says if elected, he hopes to improve constituent services in district, something he says he's heard complaints about. Bobert's campaign has not responded to a request for comment. Caroline Yanez, Aspen Public Radio News. Bobert and Frisch will debate at 7.20 p.m. on Saturday at Club 20. It's a right-leaning booster organization said to represent 20 counties in the Western Slope. The entire slate of events will be live-streamed on Club 20's Facebook page.
Mesa County Clerk Tina Peters' lawsuit challenging the recount of this year's primary election was dismissed by a judge Tuesday. KOTO's Lucas Brady-Woods has more. Peters filed the lawsuit on August 3rd, objecting to the methods behind the recount. It claimed the recount process, which used randomly selected voting machines, should also include hand-counting ballots. But Judge Andrew P. McCollin threw out the case because Peters didn't ask to stop the recount until after it was completed and the results certified. In his ruling, McCollin noted a judge can only consider recount challenges while a recount is ongoing. Peters first requested the recount in July after she lost the primary for Secretary of State. She is also facing felony charges of alleged election tampering in the 2020 presidential race. I'm Lucas Brady-Woods in Denver. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for mostly clear skies tonight with a low in the mid-50s and a 20% chance of showers and thunderstorms. Thursday expects sunny skies with a high in the mid-70s and a 20% chance of showers and thunderstorms. Thursday night should be partly cloudy with a low around 50 degrees. Friday calls for mostly sunny skies with a high around 70 degrees and a 20% chance of showers and thunderstorms in the afternoon. Friday night should be mostly cloudy with a low around 50 degrees and a 20% chance of showers and thunderstorms. This has been the news for Wednesday, September 7th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206. We would like to thank everyone who has donated to KOTO during our summer fun drive. A huge thank you to Adam Baker, Kevin Bell, Alan Bradbury, Marilyn Branch, Mark Charles, James Crossland, Monty Degenhart, Teddy Erico, Richard Foley, Janice and Johnny Girona, Stephen Michelle Hoish, Chris McVeigh, Andrew Malloy, Adam Mosier, Brent Newman, the San Miguel Power Association, John Schwartz, Ron Shin, Marilyn and Sam Siegel, Cindy Wazinski, Max Yancey, Valerie Slavin, Grant Kennedy, Larry Holmgren, Sheila Wells, Sean Chrisman, Kyle Kohler, Jeff White, Kevin Rund, Bridget Kenny, Dave Hodges, Kathy Green, Susan Enzer, and Todd Brown. Thank you all so much. Now, a personal commentary. Hello, Telluride! <laughs> Please join Eco Action Partners for our Harvest Dinner fundraiser. This dinner is going to be tomorrow night, Thursday, September 8th. Uh, it's going to be at 6 p.m. at the Village Table in Mountain Village. The cost is $75 per person or $100 with a wine pairing. Very snazzy. There will also be a silent auction at dinner. Uh, we're going to have some awesome things at the silent auction. Nordic ski lessons. We're going to have some hand-beaded earrings and hat bands. Um, some donated art. We're going to have a bag from Jagged Edge. Some energy audits. A free year of composting. We're going to have some trips um, down to Mexico, to Tubac Resort in Arizona. Lots and lots of awesome things to come bid on. And all of the proceeds from that are going to be going to Eco Action Partners. So please come and join us. Uh, to make reservations, you can call 970-728-1117. Hope to see you there.
Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you would like to comment, please contact a staff person here at KOTO. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.